0: Welcome back to another episode of the Bastards of Boston Baseball. We will call this an emergency episode, and it really is an emergency. Uh, Sometimes it could be a good emergency, like the Red Sox just traded for Kyle Schwarber. Let's do a show. Not this time. Garrett Whitlock has been placed on the 15-day IL due to irritation. Of his ulnar nerve, uh, the clinical term for that, ulnar neuritis. Uh, That's pretty close to the ulnar collateral ligament, which is the ligament that um, leads to pitchers needing Tommy John surgery. So, um, a comparable situation right now, earlier in the year, uh, Tampa Bay Rays ace Jeffrey Springs actually left a start in the Boston against the Boston Red Sox. I think it was in the third or fourth inning. He had the same problem and consequentially had Tommy John surgery uh, a couple weeks later. So this could potentially be a long-term thing for Garrett Whitlock who has been injury plagued his entire career. So Charlie, let's lead off with you. How catastrophic is this for him and the 2023 Boston Red Sox?
1: Uh, I think it spells a little bit of a disaster because you brought Brian Bayo down because he wasn't really succeeding. Garrett Whitlock is now struggling to stay healthy, not for the first time. This is a recurring issue with him, albeit it's a different kind of injury. I'm a little bit nervous because some people think that Garrett Whitlock belongs in the starting rotation. I'm concerned for those people too because they just don't understand that Garrett Whitlock is not a starter. I don't understand why we would change something that wasn't broken in the first place. He was a perfect reliever. He could go one or two innings and be fine. They tried stretching him out. They borderline broke Garrett Whitlock, and it's something that I was concerned about when we were talking about, oh, who does this remind you of? It's Daniel and Bard all over again. This is someone who, instead of, you know, forgetting how to pitch or getting the yips, getting anxiety or something like that. This is someone who can't stay healthy because he's not a starter. This is not his role. He's not being paid to be a starter. He's being paid to be a premier reliever. And this is going to be two, three months minimum where we're not going to see him. So in a team that's already teetering on the 500 spectrum, maybe a little bit below, we still are missing one of our top hitters, We now lost Whitlock. Brian Bayo is not the same right now. Yeah, this spells disaster for the Red Sox. We need to to figure out what we're going to do. And if Bloom isn't going to get reinforcements, I mean, can you question that this season may potentially already be lost? I know some people are already saying it. I want to stay hopeful that we can fight for something. But, I mean, we're eight games, you know, we're seven, eight games out. I'm not looking at the standings in front of us, or in front of me, rather, but it's, it's not a fun feeling uh, losing yet another starter and we're 13 and 13 and I think eight games out, but still it's uh, the beginning of a, a spiraling disaster just waiting to
2: happen in front of us because we, we can't live like this. Cody. I mean, a spiraling disaster, I think, you know, it might be a little bit alarmist uh, this early, right? You know, he had this this tightness or this tingling, which is a common sensation when when the nerve is stretched over the bone, right? Um, you know, and all of this could be scrapped if we get more you know medical imaging and, and we find out that there's more internal damage, right? We're you know we're we're always going to be hopeful when a guy goes on the 15 d excuse me 15 day IL that it actually is 15 days, and if that's the case, maybe this is you know on the flip side optimistic and a reason to have hope that the front office and an ownership will finally look at this guy and say, he just doesn't have the durability to be a starter, to take the ball every five days and go and throw 80 to 90 pitches. Right. You know, let's use this as yet another occurrence in which he just hasn't proven to be able to stay healthy and handle the, um, the demands of being a starting rotation type player. Uh, Charlie, I believe you have something you want to add there.
1: I really do. So I said spiraling disaster, and this is why. Your starting rotation consists of Chris Sale, who in five starts has gotten blown up three times, arguably three and a half times. I'm going to say three because he did strike out seven against Detroit. Then you've got Pavetta, who's thrown back-to-back clunkers, albeit we ended up getting a win in the last one. Not fantastic. We don't know what we're getting from him. Corey Kluber pitched a great last game, but before that has gotten crushed in three of them. Tanner Houck has gotten probably the most consistent performance, and that's still allowing three runs a game. Brian Bay was not in the starting rotation. I think it is very fair to say that this is a disaster because you have three guys that haven't figured it out, one who's now injured, and one whose consistent performance is allowing three to four runs a game. I'm going to end it on that
2: one because, Terry, I want to hear what you have to say.
0: Well, I'll give Cody one, another shot there to respond.
2: I mean, you could say it's a disaster if Whitlock has been taking the ball every fifth day, throwing quality start after quality start after quality start, but he has one quality start on the year. He's got a six plus ERA and he hasn't looked good in any other of his other starts, right? So, you know, if he was the linchpin to this rotation, if he was the guy we were hanging our hat on and he goes down and we now no longer have that top of the line rotation, absolutely, I can agree to saying that that would be a disaster. It's a disaster for a different reason that our starting pitching isn't, Pitching to, you know, to their names or to their values or their contracts, that's an entirely different discussion. We're going to stay here and try to focus exactly on the injury that is currently at hand or at elbow, whatever you want to call it, and what it means for Garrett Whitlock, in my opinion. Right. And what it means for Garrett Whitlock is yet again, as you mentioned, Charlie, which was very well put, he doesn't have the durability to be uh, a long term starter you know, does he, is he an elite level, uh, relief pitcher? Absolutely. Could he even do long relief? He's shown that in 21, he did that in 22 and he was fantastic at that, right? You know, two, three innings, if you need it, depending upon what that rotation looks like, he's a great pitcher for that. And he could be that Swiss army knife out of the back end of the rotation that gives Cora a little bit more managerial flexibility. That would be lovely. I'm hoping that it isn't a long-term injury. It isn't, you know, a UCL, damage or repair job that needs to be um you know tommy john let's you know karma cap it whatever you want to say keep that (laughs) keep the spirits high but if we can avoid that let's use this as a reason to say hey man i know that you wanted to be a starter i know that you thought you were going to be a starter but you clearly have proven that you can't be a starter through no you know no issue of your stuff your stuff is fine your stuff is great your body can't handle that stress my guy let's you know try to get the most out of you let's Pay you to be a high high leverage reliever, like you said, Charlie. And let's use the talents and the track record of what worked. I mean, he had what seventy um, something, not seventy something appearances in twenty one, but he had a lot of appearances in twenty one and was lights out. And he was lights out all through the postseason, right? We wouldn't have made it to the ALCS, knocking on the door of a potential World Series appearance without that guy. Why not make a strength a strength? Like what? I just don't understand why why we keep trying to trot him out as a starter. Uh, Terry, Uh, long-awaited opinion. Sorry.
0: Yeah, so according to Alex Speer, Whitlock started uh, noticing some numbness a couple side sessions ago. Now, a starting pitcher will have one side session in between uh, each start. So this took place before his performance against the Milwaukee Brewers in which he only struck out one batter. Only one strikeout that whole series. So I think you're already, in hindsight, seeing how he was affected by this injury. This isn't going to be a short-term thing. He's going to miss several weeks at a minimum and possibly the rest of the season. Again, another pitcher just had to have Tommy John surgery as a result of this. So I, I think two months is probably your best case. And the thing that's crazy to me is how this pitching staff was set up coming into the season. Garrett Whitlock has never pitched more than 119 innings in a season in his entire life. So that's a big gamble. You're asking a lot from Garrett Whitlock to go out there and, and give you at least 150. If you can't go 150 innings, you're not a starting pitcher. You, you've got no business occupying a spot in a major league baseball rotation. So you've not only lost him in the rotation, you've lost him in the bullpen. He, he could be a backup closer. He could be a backup setup man. He could be uh, an every, well, not every day, but a weekly seventh inning guy. He can pitch any of those roles in any of those innings, and you've lost that too now. So... it's a long shot to me that Chris sale is going to be on this roster all season long. It's a long shot to me that Corey Kluber will be on this roster all year long. So now you've got, you've got uh, Nick Pavetta who, who will pitch 150 innings. Uh, They might not be great. They might be, who knows? I mean, he's never had a ERA under like 4.5 for a season. Then you've got Tanner Houck, another guy like Garrett Whitlock, who's never done it who's never pitched a, you know, I think he's pitched exactly 120 innings at most in his life. And so, and he had to have back surgery last year. So big risk here. And then Brian Bayo had a forearm ten- flexor tendon issue. I think something, or I should say a forearm uh, strain earlier on this year. So there's nothing but liabilities in this rotation and and you, you look at Bloom's entire tenure, the one saving grace for him was the Whitlock acquisition. That's the thing. That's the thing that the Bloominati always goes back to. You can criticize a lot of the things I just said, but he got Garrett Whitlock. And I guarantee you Yankees GM Brian Cashman feels a lot less stupid today for putting him in the Rule 5 draft. Go ahead, Charlie. So you, you
1: you already talked about the fact that Jeffrey Springs, who the day or two days after he exited his third start of the season, having allowed one earned run this year on a Rob Riff Snyder solo shot because he's been electric all season, is done for 2023 with ulnar neuritis. He's done for, for the rest of 23, a portion of 24. We know we're missing him. A minimum of two and a half, two to two and a half months. You're missing him for 10 weeks. That's a strike already. Number two, you are eight games out of your division against the team who just lost a starter and has starting depth. Tyler Glasnow's is coming back. You already have arguably the best American League pitcher, period, with Shane McClanahan. Zach Eflin is also figuring it out. That's three elite starters right there. We have one good starter. You have to, I, I mean, Terry already mentioned, it's, it's one of the high points that Bloom got right. And he absolutely got it right. There's no question with Garrett Whitlock, like absolute slam dunk with Garrett Whitlock. I will not say anything bad about that one. But for that one that he got right, There's over a dozen that he got wrong for whatever reason, a multitude of of reasons behind it. I don't know how we're going to be able. I mean, if if we pretend in 10 weeks that, okay, we're still going to be okay with a team that's 21 and 5 when we're 12 and 12. People got to wake up and hear the music. This is already a bad sign for us. We are not there. Garrett Whitlock never should have been put into the starting rotation. Cody brought up some points. Terry brought up some points. Why would you ever fix something that wasn't broken is beyond me, especially with someone that, Terry, how many innings? What's the most innings he's pitched in one season? 119
0: 119 in 2018, I think.
1: That's like a superstar reliever that pitches two, three innings every once in a while, and that's where he he comes from. Your elite starters go 200. Really good starters are 175 to 180. Your third tiers are 150. Your baseline bottom feed guys are like 120, and he's not even there. So, yeah, we have a reason. I'm reinforcing my statement by saying, yes, we have a reason to panic. If Garrett Whitlock goes down and Brian Bayo can't come back to fruition of of what he gave us in in 2022 I really want to know what a bloom supporters idea of an average because I'm not going to say superstar rotation we don't have it unless we buy it it's not going to happen what a proper starting rotation will look like with the loss of Garrett Whitlock for a significant period of time because Garrett Whitlock is someone that Cody mentioned I believe he got the first Quality start for our season. I think Cody was the first one to point that out. So props to Cody. We have a lot of praying to do if, if the goal is to try to get things to work out in our favor. Right now,
2: not looking good. Uh, Cody. Cody. I know that we've talked about Bale a lot on this podcast already, right? You know, as as somebody that's made two starts on the season, um, the guy Terry, as we mentioned, did have a forearm issue, missed. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure the bulk of his spring training, right? So, yes, it's unfortunate that he's making essentially his spring training starts at the major league level, but let's give the guy a little bit more time before we before we just declare his his season to be a wash and to be over and to be not as good as the back half of his of his last season. Right. I think we're already seeing signs in between the first outing and the second outing of how he's starting to, to sharpen up and, and to be more precise with his location and his control.
0: I'm still optimistic that he is going to have a decent season, but there, there are some red flags is what I'm saying. And it, it's, it's even more fair to question the, the sustainability. Um, so let's, uh, just, to be thorough here. Uh, Garrett Whitlock's contract situation. He's got three more guaranteed years uh, following 2023. 2024 makes $3.5 million. 2025 will make $5.5 million. 2026 makes $7.5 million. Then he's got a $8.25 million team option in 2027 uh, with a $1 million buyout if they don't pick up that option, and then $10.5 million in 2028, which would be his age 32 season if he goes the full max length of the contract. So that's what we're looking at. Bloom gave him a lot of money. Yankees were, you know... Pretty skeptical on, on whether or not he could stay healthy. So this is the second elbow injury he's had. He's had a hip injury. Um, not not a great record of durability there. Um, also, Red Sox picked up... Uh, I think he's going to end up being a relief pitcher, and that's what he has been. I, I Honestly, I haven't been able to do a deep dive in him, but Justin Garza, and they picked him up from the Anaheim Angels. He's got a... ERA in the mid fours, walks tons of guys, unless the Red Sox have identified something with him. I mean, this isn't, this is just a warm body that might take the place of a Caleb Ort or Ryan Brazier, uh, you know, based on all outward appearances, you know, best case you get another John Schreiber, but those, those situations don't come along, uh, too much, so uh, I think on that, uh, do you guys have any uh, closing thoughts?
2: I mean, it's going to be addition by subtraction, regardless of what Garza provides, if it gets Ort or Brazier off the team, right? I mean, I don't know if we necessarily need to send Ort into the sun or, you know, to outer space or, you know, away from the organization altogether. The dude at the very least needs to go to AAA and just get his confidence back, right? Cause this stuff is not, it's not like he has bad stuff, right? He throws good velocity, The pitch that Cedric Mullins hit for a grand slam wasn't like he left it middle, middle. You know, it wasn't exactly an easy pitch to hit. So, but the guy's location is all over the place. He can't find it. He doesn't have confidence. Send him down to the AAA, let him, you know, mow down some, you know, three AAA or four A players, get his confidence back up, get him spotting pitches, and we can figure it out from there. But yeah, if if Garza gets Brazier or Ort away from the bullpen, I think the team will be uh, much happier for it. Charlie no i don't have anything else to add i
1: mean his most recent start was brutal so or appearance excuse me so i mean at this point uh sending someone to the moon i don't think it's gonna help anything i think we just have to uh, pray a little bit here that things can kind of work themselves out because i don't want to believe that ryan brazier has just completely fallen off the map um he's had a couple of bad appearances but You know, outside of those two in Minnesota, all season he's been locked down with, like, one other blip. So I want to believe that Brazier can work himself out. Caleb Ort also, outside of, like, one or two blips, has been okay. So hopefully it's just rust and they can work themselves out.
0: I think... Ort is at bigger risk of losing his spot, at least on the big league club. I don't know if he gets straight up DFA'd at any point, but, um, you know, he basically only has a fastball at this point. He can't locate a slider and even his fastball he's, he's had trouble with, and, uh, that's made him prone to giving up meatballs. Cedric Mullins, you know, torched him with a grand slam. To Brazier's credit, most of his damage comes all at once. He just has a really catastrophic outing and then it's followed up by three or four scoreless ones. I think that's good enough to keep him here, uh, at least for now. Uh, One final note, Brian Baio will start game two on Saturday against the Guardians. And just thinking on the fly... It's very likely that the Red Sox knew that the Garrett Whitlock, you know, IL stint was coming and and if so that makes it make more sense that they sent down Bayo knowing he probably would come up uh, you know due to an injury because if there's no injury he has to wait 15 days uh, to be called up, you know, they they do that to prevent manipulation, but again, I think the Red Sox likely knew that Whitlock uh, would not be making his next start, and that it would in fact be um, Brian Bayo. So, just speculation on my part. Uh, two of us, let's see, Cody actually has the weekend off, so Nick uh, will be with us, and then Charlie. So, uh, we'll be back on uh, late Sunday night to talk about what did happen in this Guardian series, how Bayo did. Uh, Chris Sale start going to be interesting facing one of the teams that strikes out the fewest in all of the majors so I don't think they'll be chasing his junk so we will see everyone have a great rest of your weekend take care